All right, we are back with the Sammy Hour, uh, episode 30. Um, last episode, I had Phoenix McGee on. That was a really awesome and unique episode. Today's guest is awesome, um, really cool guy. You're going to find out in today's episode. Um, he's an SGA president at Vanguard University. He's a human trafficking activist and educator. Uh, he's a leader and coordinator for 23 clubs and organizations at Vanguard. And he's an engaged college student overall. Uh, Matthew Holgate, welcome to the Sammy Hour Podcast. Hey, Sam. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me today. No problem. I wanted to do an episode last month, folks. Sorry, I got a little bit busy. October was just such an extremely busy month for some reason. Um, Halloween stuff, fall stuff. Of course, you have school on top of it. And then just figuring out how to balance college and social life with, with school. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we get to do, get to do this episode, Matt. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you as well. Yeah, so I hope everyone had a good uh, Halloween weekend, um, kind of transitioning more into like the Christmas side of, of the year. It's going to be fun. But um, Matt, with, uh, without further ado, we're going to get into the questions. Um, what made you want to become an activist for human trafficking? Yeah, so I guess wanting to see a world where like things to me mattered. Mm. Um, <clears throat> back home, so I'm from Arizona. Mm. Um, specifically from a Native American reservation and human trafficking is very prevalent there and there is times where I feel like it's widely ignored and um, it's always been in my heart I have heard different stories of human trafficking happening um, <clears throat> mostly sex trafficking uh, mm-hmm. where I'm from um, and a story that I had heard one time was uh, during one of a, a workshop that I participated in high school and the story was that a girl is being trafficked by her grandparents mm. um, for sex, just for firewood. Mm. So basic necessities. Um, so kind of stories like that and hearing different, um, I guess, horrific things happen is really what made me engaged into the work of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And you're Native American yourself, you said. Yes, I am. And now, do uh, you come from a family of pastors? Is that playing influence in you being like, okay, I want to get involved with this. I want to be an activist. I want to fix this or or just be an impact some way I can because I know human trafficking is a very complex and intense topic mm-hmm. yeah for sure um I mean yeah, my parents are pastors my parents are uh, pastors of a church in Flagstaff currently mm-hmm. they also serve in the Assemblies of God National Network as mm-hmm. the um, youth directors for Native American Fellowship um so a lot of that um definitely comes into play um with this human trafficking mm-hmm. um endeavors that I'm pursuing because in my mind, um, you know, Jesus talks about how we are to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like most people today um, do these works, um, like are surrounding nonprofits or going in and like feeding homeless people or doing projects like that. And they see being salt and light as an achievement for us. Mm-hmm. But Jesus never said it was an achievement. Um, if you read uh, the word, Jesus says in there that it is a responsibility mm-hmm. for us to be salt and light. So I feel like for me, as a Christian, <clears throat> I feel like it's a responsibility for me to be salt and light in this specific area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think me being called into this kind of ministry of counseling, hopefully in the future, um, is what I'm called to do. And so, yeah. Now, did you, did you say you lived on a reservation? I did. <laughs> so I lived in Shiprock, New Mexico, okay. which is on the Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. So the Navajo Nation is the largest Native American reservation in North America. Wow. So that's where I come from. Um, different than Vanguard, <laughs> you know, A lot different than <laughs> Vanguard. Um, so I um, was born on a reservation. I lived there in the Navajo Nation for a couple of years. 
Um, then I moved off. Um, I moved to Nebraska. Oh, wow. I moved to Omaha for a couple of years, and then I ended up in Flagstaff. Mm-hmm. So Flagstaff is a border town um, to drive to my reservation because it's so big. Um, Flagstaff sits right at the edge of the Navajo Nation, so about 20 miles um, east of Flagstaff, you'll be on the Navajo Nation. Mm. Now, what is life like on a reservation, but specifically within Navajo Nation? Because I know it's in, it, Navajo Nation ex- extends into multiple states, right? Yes. So the Navajo Nation extends in mostly in Arizona, mm-hmm. Utah, and New Mexico. Um, and there you'll find a lot of different um, terrains from like desert, red sands, red rocks, really cool. Um, and then you also find like mountain-esque parts of the reservation. So it's forest. Um, and then some urban, um, urbanized parts of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, um, kind of the climate of the where I come from on the Navajo Nation is 40% of the people there do not have access to running water in oh their gosh. homes. Uh, 40% still don't have access to electricity. And a big percentage of roads on the Navajo Nation are still dirt roads. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine um, kind of the different... Um, struggles that we have to go through uh, living on a reservation to this day. My grandma, I visit her a lot in um, a place called Navajo Mountain where I'm from and I go to visit her and sometimes we haul water for her. We haul hay for her livestock. So she has sheep, she has horses, um, cattle, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. So you'll find a lot of struggles there, but the land itself is very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. A lot of tourist attraction. Um, Monument Valley's there, the Grand Canyon is right there. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of different touristy attractions. It's a really pretty place, but um, a lot of times you'll find a lot of struggles within the place. I've always wanted to visit one. Um, I just have never gotten the opportunity, but I just, I really want to see how it's like, of course, with the train and geographically, but I also want to see how it's like in terms of community and culture. Mm-hmm. Now you grew up on one, you lived on one. How is the community and culture overall like on a reservation? Yeah, so the community uh, itself is very close knit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're a community that likes to help each other. Uh, a community where um, people, you will always see people trying to serve each other um, in the capacity of anything really. So if that's leaving, going off to get an education, coming back, you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of that. Um, Community-wise, um, so, so you see a lot of community involvement in those aspects, but mm-hmm. you also see a lot of disengagement from other people. So it's just very, it fluctuates all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when the fair comes around, it's like my favorite time of the year, like October, September um, is just my favorite because it's the fair. You see everybody there, there's mm-hmm. parades, there's a lot of community engagement. Um, but then there's those who just do not want to be involved and yeah. So you'd say there's a lot of unity, but something that really caught my eye is you were talking about how 40% of, I think, reservations don't have running water and the roads are really run down. They don't seem up to, up to date at all. Is there, is there a reason for that? Yeah. So 40% of my reservation doesn't You're, Okay. Have, gotcha. Gotcha. So it doesn't have running water. So people, um, if you take into account about 178,000 people hmm. live on my reservation. That's a lot. Um, uh, off the reservation, we have about 350,000 members of the Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. So, but um, nearly 200,000 people that live on the reservation don't have access to running water. Mm-hmm. So um, that is really just the infrastructure that was put in place. A lot of the times we don't own the um, rights to our own land because mm-hmm. it is federally owned by the government. Um, and this, the resources are not there. The infrastructure is very 
um, not stable, mm -hmm. but it's be continuing to be built to be more uh, stable. So it's almost kind of like, I don't want to say like forgotten, but it's just not given enough attention in the sense where these resources, you know, these are things that people rely on, running water, roads. Um, it just, it's, would you say it's something that it takes like people within a reservation or people outside of a reservation or like the government to intervene or is it like all parts working together? It to, takes, oh yeah. It, it just, yeah, go ahead. It takes everybody. <laughs> um, I'll say that it takes everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, it takes us as members of the community to um, just say enough is enough and mm -hmm. to want to have better resources for our people. Mm -hmm. um, it also is going to take, um, I guess, people who are non-members to kind of facilitate and intervene in those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's going to take people who are outside lawmakers and people who mm -hmm. can make things happen to actually help us. Mm -hmm. so. so it takes a lot of different people, a lot of different movements. Because I, I, when it comes to reservations, because I, I, when I used to work at my old job in the summer, I actually had a coworker who uh, lived on a reservation. I don't remember which tribe she was a part of, mm -hmm. but she told me that it was, with, with the reservation she was on, it was very oppressive. And there was a lot of you know, sad and unfortunate events that happened. And it also was very um, impoverished at times. Mm -hmm. And she said that it's just, there wasn't a lot of understanding. There wasn't a lot of intervention from like, I guess you could say like outsiders like me where I don't know too much about reservations mm -hmm. or uh, Native American life and culture where I wouldn't know how to intervene and help. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's a subject and just a, a culture that needs to be educated about more, especially in school. Um, mm -hmm. But kind of switching notes, um, I'm sure this kind of, this relates to how you grew up being a being a PK a pastor's kid, um, what made you want to run for president at Vanguard University? That's a pretty esteemed title. You're president of I think there's over two thousand, a little over two thousand students at Vanguard. That's it's kind of a hefty job, you know. It's yeah. A lot. Yeah. Well, honestly, um, one year ago I did not even want to run for anything in SGA. Hmm. Um, at the time last year, I was working in student government as the vice president of communication. And I wanted to keep on pursuing um, the career in some sort of um, communication aspect or, mm -hmm. um, I guess, some sort of um, design aspect to who I am as a communication major. Um, so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to like apply for marketing or something. Mm -hmm. But I found myself um, in January, like complaining about different things. January of 2020? January of 2020, okay. yeah. I'm complaining, or I guess no, January of this 21. year. Oh, 2021, okay. wow. yeah. Pretty, pretty so very, recent. very recent. I found mm -hmm. myself just complaining about different things and like um, coming up with different solutions for different areas of the university. And I just felt like running for SGA president would be an <clears> opportunity <throat> to create those changes and see. Mm -hmm. um, kind of on a policy side, things change, but also um, I just want to help people. Um, it's in my DNA to mm -hmm. just care for people, to love people, um, and I found that that would be the best way to do so. Um, so I went on, on a little journey about a week before SGA president applications were due. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't make the decision to run for SGA until about like maybe five days before. It's pretty recent. Very recent. How many people were running against you? Um, so on the ticket, there was three um, people running uh, for SGA mm. president and vice president at the time. Now, how did you, because you decided like, 
I would guess you could say last minute where I guess you you would say you didn't have as much momentum. Like what what led you to winning? Did you just were you just I guess charismatic? Did you say like okay I I had I know what concerns and things need to be addressed? Is it, like how was that process? Yeah, so um it definitely was not my speech. The <laughs> night of speeches <clears throat> uh kinda winged that one. But um definitely was that wasn't the winner for me. But I think what really pushed uh Phoenix and I's ticket to win was we made our campaign. If you go to our Instagram, um it's like Matt X Phoenix um VU or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh we changed it since. Um, so if you go to that Instagram page, we didn't really want to have it about us. Mm-hmm. So we made a video with um, a bunch of different students at Vanguard with them um, explaining why, who they are, mm-hmm. and as a student at Vanguard, why they're voting for us. Mm-hmm. So we wanted our campaign uh, for the rest of the year to not be like just us saying, hey, vote for mm-hmm. me. But we wanted it to be from other students mm-hmm. telling their peers to vote for us. So we were very student-focused and student-minded. Wow. Um, and making sure that it wasn't just like us talking about ourselves because of our qualifications, but it was other students recognizing. And we didn't script anything. That's really we awesome. went to students and said, hey, like, do you mind recording yourself for uh, this amount of time? Mm-hmm. And saying, like, I'm voting for Matthew and Phoenix because you fill in the blank. Hmm. And the response that we got was like, whoa, like, we didn't even think of us being in those capacities or that we didn't know that's how students viewed us hmm. so so you, and like, cause you see like a lot of like i guess political ads like because mm-hmm. i remember election was this time last year and just like i'm trying i'm remembering the ads now it's more like oh vote for me mm-hmm. because but instead you kind of like switch i guess you would you switch strategies and you let the students speak for you mm-hmm. hence you got i guess a broader support and representation within yeah. that it's a really smart way to run yeah um how gratifying and even, I guess you could say, how stressful is it being president at a university? For a student body, of course. Yeah. So there is definitely a lot of different aspects that I did not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, a part of the stress you just asked about. Um, the main one for me is just mental stress. Yeah. Um, aside from, like, physical stress, because mentally... I hear all the complaints. I yeah. hear all the all the grievances. Like, Matt, why isn't this working? Yeah. What's wrong with the calf? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like, hear uh, I already have everything. stuff on my own. <laughs> yeah, so like as a president, I guess it's just straining to figure out solutions that will try to accommodate people. And as you kind of get more into this political spectrum, um, being one of our house of reps in SGA, you'll figure out that you can't please everybody. It's true. <laughs> and, <laughs> you have an um, elevator issue right now with... Yeah. Uh, it's very slow, and apparently there's like a board missing, so uh, a lot of Jeez. debate going into that, but anyway. Yeah, has there been a couch in there yet? An elevator? Mm-hmm. No, there's not. Oh, there was a couch. <laughs> there was a couch in there when I was in Huntington. How, uh, <laughs> I don't know how they, maybe that's why our elevator's so creaky and slow. Like, no, no joke, it'll go up, and like, it'll get to the floor that you press the button for, but it'll, it'll like click and click, and it'll take a while to open. I'm just like, no. do you not want to open? I don't want to be stuck in here, no. <laughs> but well. yeah. Yeah, so, like, even just, like, hearing things like that. Mm-hmm. And for me as a president, it makes me upset to, like, know that students are struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you have to kind of just choose your battles and figure out which fights you can fight mm-hmm. because you can't tackle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there is, like, just mentally... Because I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I, I want to make sure everybody's comfortable, that mm-hmm. everyone, you know, feels loved and that everybody's, like, being cared for. Mm-hmm. And so for me to... 
um, embark on certain issues and situations and for me to feel successful at the end of it feels really good mm-hmm. but then I can turn around and another person is talking about how bad another area <laughs> is and it just says mm-hmm. like oh, like I'm almost there but um, yeah so it definitely is very stressful in the way that you can't please everybody but mm-hmm. you also have to go to sleep at night what, what accomplishments are you very proud like you look back because you've been president I mean, I would say it's been a solid three months, pretty much. What it, what? It's a short amount of time. I mean, we're almost halfway done with the school year. School year, not quite. We're like forty, forty five percent of the way done. What are some things that you're very proud of that you've done as president so far in the three months here? Yeah. So I think for me, just having so many areas of campus engaged. Mm-hmm. Um. So for our House of Representatives, we have sixteen positions this year. Um, and I was able to bring in three academic representatives, mm-hmm. uh, theology, social science, wow. and business and communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so those positions did not exist before this year. Uh, we also brought in the public affairs, multicultural representative. Um, so those specific positions were not in SGA last year. And as a president who wanted to emphasize community across campus, and recognize everybody's differences, I wanted those voices to be heard. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that we were advocating for every single part of our campus. So I think there was a very um, important um, kind of goal for me that I was able to accomplish in the first couple of weeks of um, me being president. Mm-hmm. What are some things that you want to accomplish by the time school's over and you graduate in May? I want little, to... Of course, little glimpse. Yeah. If, if you don't want to tell... No, no <laughs> all worries. your plans. No, I just want to make sure that every single student on campus, um, know is proud to be a lion. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you ask some students today, you'll find out that not everybody loves Vanguard the way <laughs> that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit going back into the question before of why I ran is because I love the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the things that we stand for. Mm-hmm. I love the things that we are able to teach our students and the programs that we offer and I, I just love the school and I want to make sure that not everybody is in love with Vanguard the way that I am but mm-hmm. I want to make sure that everybody has a sense of pride mm-hmm. and that um, when they graduate they can be like oh my gosh I graduated from Vanguard mm-hmm. what an honor mm-hmm. so I want to make sure that I want to build that name I want to build the name mm-hmm. I want to build the name of Vanguard a legacy if you will a legacy mm-hmm. uh, yeah a legacy here on a campus to make sure that um, students just love being a lion mm-hmm. And that hopefully they'll send their kids to Vanguard, to whoever. Mm-hmm. They'll tell people to come to Vanguard and be an advocate for this mm-hmm. institution. Um, so that's one thing. The next thing is also um, fixing tangible things on campus. Uh, fixing whatever students want. I want to make sure that we're advocating authentically. Mm-hmm. So if a student comes to me and says, we need Christmas lights on <laughs> trees in front of the student center, then that's something that I want to look into i want to make sure my goal is even though i can't do it i want to put it on paper and say that i looked into it Mm -hmm. so interesting now you're an educator you're an activist and i i I heard today you were telling me about these 23 clubs you're a pretty busy guy Mm -hmm. how do you get a lot of free time right now um (laughs) comes and goes yeah um Mm -hmm. i if you look at my outlook calendar Mm -hmm. it's everything i saw that yeah (laughs) Yeah. color coordinated everything and um, I have times for everything, my meetings and stuff. So uh, very, very busy, but also um, I make time to just wind down mm-hmm. and 
stay cool, calm, and collected. Mm. Um, I also work at Starbucks across the oh, street. Yeah. So that's something, that's like a place where I can go and I don't have to worry about Vanguard. (laughs) Like when I'm stressed out and when I'm like... A lot of Vanguard students go there because how close it was. I went there last week and I was like, whoa, looks like a Vanguard coffee shop. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of students are there. So not only do I get to connect with students there, but Mm -hmm. I also get to escape from just the environment. Not Mm -hmm. that I don't, not that I hate this environment. I mean, sometimes it's going to get away. Nice little escape's nice. Yeah, nice little escape every couple of days. Don't get me wrong. I love Vanguard. I've been here... For like two and a half months and I haven't gone home since then I always I would tell my parents oh I'll come home once a month I promise and then I think like it was end of September came and I was like do I want to go back home it was like the last week in September and I felt bad because I didn't want to let my parents down yeah and uh, I was like I don't think I uh, want to drive back home because I'm, I'm three and a half hours away but I just oh. I just didn't want to do it and they're like oh no worries and I was like oh there's always October then October yeah. I, just, I was busy every weekend in October it's crazy but I'll be careful when I'm like when I say like oh I'm busy I, I have yeah. time for nothing because I'm gonna I'm gonna be like oh I'm not I'm not president I don't I'm not in charge of twenty three clubs and Everything, you know this, I don't the whole school. <laughs> I don't uh, have all that stuff to worry about but obviously you can handle a lot you've been in a, you're in a big big time leadership role Do you, could you see yourself being a politician hmm. you know I've actually thought about it really a lot hmm. I have actually considered. And I, as a little kid, for some reason, I don't know, as a fifth grader, I would walk around saying my dream job is to be a United States senator. Oh, wow. Um, not for, president? Not president. <laughs> you already had that taste. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little bit of taste of the president already. <laughs> don't know if I could do that. But I honestly have considered it mm-hmm. um, here and there. Um, that, and then just more realistically, as um, an adult, I remember talking to Phoenix, too, during our elections that... I even considered, you know, possibly doing, like, more state, local things mm-hmm. in Arizona. Um, <clears throat> working in, like, our House of Reps or mm-hmm. working in just some sort of political office. I don't know if that's what I want to do yet. Mm-hmm. But I know it's definitely an option that I'll have open. Mm. Yeah. It's definitely something that takes a lot of time and consideration because I remember when I had my mayor on my podcast of, of Bakersfield and I had a congressman <laughs> on my podcast and people kept asking me, like, do you, you're talking to politicians, you're getting kind of an inside scoop of their lives and, and I mean how that profession is and people would be like, uh, could you see yourself being a, um, a politician? And I'd be like, no, I will <laughs> I'll pass because I see there's a lot, no matter what side you, you're on, there's mm-hmm. you're going to get a lot of of criticism, a lot of hate, and it, you're not going to be like this loved figure. And I mean, I don't want to just say that. I don't I just want to be like, oh, I don't want to be a politician because like I'm not going to have a ton of people who are going to love me. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think it's 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 a tough game. It's it's can be a messy topic sometimes. Yes. Um, but also, I've I mean, I've I've thought about it more because you know I I talk with my dad, my dad about leadership. We talk about the house of reps and stuff. And he's like, you know, take it seriously because um, you never know if you're ever going to be a politician one day. And I tell myself, it, it's true, even though I probably don't want to be, I never know where life can take me. Like, I, I never would have predicted COVID. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if COVID never happened, I would have never been having this podcast right now. So yeah. I just think it's enjoying the moments we're in, but also, you know, thinking, thinking like, okay, where can, this, where can this take us? The actions I'm taking now, the habits I'm forming now, where, where can these guide me in 10 years when I'm maybe in a new profession or pursuing something new. Yeah. I mean, that's always something I put into consideration, but as we kind of like start winding down and kind of shifting back to human trafficking and, and, and Native American uh, culture, 
um, why is how and why is human trafficking so prevalent within Native American populations and on reservations? Yeah, so a lot of the times I talk about this, and mm-hmm. um, it's just because there isn't a lot of education on it, and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of resources provided for it. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, there was a study that um, a group of people did, and essentially they found that for missing persons in general there was statistics for every um, people group for women across the world Mm -hmm. um, in every country except for Native American people in North America. Mm. So in the United States, um, indigenous people and Native American people were not um, being uh, catered to the way other people were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of it um, is that. A lot of people just do not acknowledge um, native peoples in every aspect whether mm-hmm. that's um, just simply acknowledging people as a human or acknowledging people as uh, or acknowledging Native Americans as um, just recognize them recognizing them in any way uh, there is a story um, that my dad had went through and he went to Seattle Washington um, for a conference and he mm-hmm. was on the ferry and some man asked him what his ethnicity was yeah and my dad said oh I'm full Native American mm-hmm. And then the other guy on the asking the question was really shocked. And he was like, I didn't know Native Americans even existed still. Like, I thought mm. that was something that we learned in history. Mm. And so you get a lot of that, being a Native American person. So there is a lot of ignorance in people who do not really understand that Native American people are still here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's only about 5 million Native people in, um, in, you know, in the United States. But we're still here. Mm-hmm. And... We are the host people of this nations, but we don't act like it when we're talking about the social justices that are um, occurring, or I guess the social injustices mm-hmm. that are happening to Native people in this land. Mm. That's interesting that it's almost like, I feel like it takes, I, I, I guess you could say almost like a re-education mm-hmm. on Native Americans and Native American culture, because I, I remember taking a push and... Slavery was something that was talked about a lot, but I mean, before slavery, um, I believe with the A-Push curriculum, uh, Native American culture and um, how a lot of sicknesses came to North America and, and uh, ended up unfortunately killing a lot of Native Americans. That was talked about, but I, I felt like it wasn't touched on as much. I'm like, whoa, there was a lot of, a big percentage of Native Americans died. I, I, I always thought like, I. I feel like we need more of an education on it just to understand like, okay, what are the bigger implications of that? Mm-hmm. And then you get things within, I won't get too deep into this, but you get things within um, American history with land grants and then lands mm-hmm. being taken from Native Americans. And now you yeah. have a whole other dilemma um, in terms of that. But I just think it's, it's, it's something that needs to be paid close attention to and of course recognize because when I'm hearing these statistics <laughs> And hearing how prevalent it is, it honestly makes me sad because you're talking about these statistics of other, of women in other countries and cultures and Native Americans aren't mentioned on there. And I, I'm, I'm sure you get, get a little confused and frustrated and I'm over here just like, wow, that's, that gets me a little confused. And what do you think the solution is to that? The solution is we educate people Mm -hmm. and we um, recognize people and honor people. Uh, Vanguard University does that Mm -hmm. very well. Um, Recently, um, I was able to 
recognize Native American Heritage Month, mm-hmm. which is now the month of November. It's awesome. Um, it's the university, and we celebrate that, and we recognize our Native American students. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we're even having programs right now for Native American Heritage Month um, to uh, just educate our students and to just show students that Native Americans exist mm-hmm. and that there is opportunities even here on campus to engage in um, this work. So I think um, education is always a great first mm-hmm. step. And then asking Native American people how, inviting them to the table. Um, I feel like a lot of the times there is a group of people who are talking about how to fix Native American issues, mm-hmm. but you look at them and none of them are Native American. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times it's them trying to figure out these issues that they've never lived, but we've lived them and we're Native people. We're educated, you know, we can tell what's right from wrong. We have ethics and morals. And I feel like people, a lot of times people don't recognize that. Um, but just also being careful because we are so new to everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, as a Native American person, um, we didn't gain citizenship as a United States citizens until 1924. Mm-hmm. So Vanguard University has been an uh, institution longer than I've been able to say I'm a U.S. citizen. Wow. Um, and... You look into those aspects and you recognize that and you say, that's wrong. How can we change that? And you bring people to the table Mm -hmm. of those cultures and of those ethnicities. It's something a bigger picture than just saying, oh, let's teach this. I think it it takes more, I guess, recognition and representation too. Mm -hmm. I definitely hope that is something that is corrected and fixed within many universities around America. And especially in high schools as well, too. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe you're called to, to do something within that, that category. Yeah. Um, now, I know you graduate soon. What do you, um, what do you see yourself doing after college? Yeah. Are so you 21 or 22? I'm 21 right now. Okay. I'll be 22 in April. Okay. So. Same. Well, I'll be, my birthday's in April. I'll be 19. <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, we both have April birthdays. <laughs> what day? April 21st. April 25th. <sighs> We are close. We yeah. are close. We can we can meet in the middle and have yeah. a little a little twenty <laughs> third. We can like celebrate it with yeah. all the SGA reps. Let's little do it. Co party. <laughs> yeah, uh, but after college, I actually have a job lined oh, up wow. for me. So I will be serving at an institution, a college, mm-hmm. um, Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Phoenix. They're a campus in Phoenix. So you're going back to Arizona. I'm going back to Arizona. Um, I always told myself throughout college I did not want to move to <laughs> Phoenix, in <Yeah>. particularly. <laughs> <clears throat> but that's just Why is where that? it's just hot mm-hmm. it's I've been hot. to Phoenix once it was like 109 mm-hmm. every day and I was like this is not okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I would I would be fine moving back to Flagstaff but it's mm-hmm. just um, Phoenix is where I feel like I'm being called and mm-hmm. a lot of doors opened up for me to work at a university um, with college students uh-huh. um, doing their overseeing their um, student engagement life mm-hmm. so a lot of the things that like what we have here the bridge I'll be doing over there at this school. And I love it because um, I'm really, really, I have a lot of ties into this school. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents are alumni of this, the university that I'll be serving. Oh, South, Southwestern, mm-hmm. you said it was? Yeah, Southwestern. Is that like a sister school at Vanguard? Yeah, oh, that's it's awesome. It's an Assembly of God mm-hmm. school. So they are, um, my parents are alumni, so mm-hmm. one. And then the Phoenix campus specifically is dedicated to serving Native American students. Mm-hmm. So it's the American Indian College campus. Mm. And I think um, working with Native American students and them being able to see Native American staff will be huge in just a lot of different aspects. So that's one thing. Mm. 
Um, I will be getting my um, my graduate school completed through SAGU. So I'll be um, in their grad program wow. um, with their clinical psychology or clinical counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something I really, really want to pursue. You have so. a lot of awesome things lined up. I'm yeah. sure it's going to take you to amazing places. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I, I, when I'm a senior in college, who knows what you'll be up to. Hey, time will tell. I'll come back to check. <laughs> Hopefully, are you? you know, maybe, I mean, maybe I'll be the president. Who, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I've I've thought about, I've thought about something along those lines, president or vice president. But we'll see now. I'm only a freshman and I'm a rep right now, so I have to figure out those issues and on that job first. Yeah. But I mean, Phoenix has no beach. Are you, are you gonna miss this, the beaches here? Or <clears throat> yeah, a little, a little. Yeah. I don't know. I feel <laughs> like I feel like now I need to like now that I'm men- like mentally checked in Arizona, yeah. <laughs> I need to like go to the beach yeah. a little bit more, um, <clears throat> and just kind of not take that for granted. Mm-hmm. So um, Phoenix does have a lot of sun, a lot of yes, heat, it does. but um, I'm definitely gonna miss the weather out here a mm-hmm. little bit more, and just the whole. I just got used to it out here. You know, mm-hmm. they're driving around out here. Beautiful. Um, figuring out all the places to eat, yeah. all the places to go to and have fun. A new but. beach every weekend. That's what I was doing. I haven't been to the beach in like, I think three, it was a busy month. It's been like three weeks, but Jeez. hopefully I can change that hey, this you, weekend. You can do it this weekend. Yeah. Um, who knows? I mean, people could tell me about like Corona Del Mar or mm-hmm. there's another one, but uh, I like San Clemente a lot. But mm-hmm. um, as we uh, uh, wind down on our last question, I guess you could say it's kind of the question that just capitalizes on the whole uh, episode, if you will. Uh, what's one last message you can say or share about being uh, the voices or a voice, a leader, an impactor for the vulnerable and stigmatized? And how can others help with that? Yeah. So I guess my advice there is just to just do it, uh, just to step in. Um, really, just step in. Mm-hmm. I guess there is a need everywhere in our world, in every single city, community. Um, in every single church and every single school and when there's a need you fill it mm-hmm. um, you have to be that person to fill the need um, you know the bible talks about how we are all different parts of the body mm-hmm. um, some of us are the eyes the arms the nose the ears the mouth um, and we have to recognize and live mm-hmm. our lives like that like we can't operate our churches our schools um, elected offices we can't operate in one singular form we have to recognize that maybe I'm the hands and you're the head mm. or whatever. You're the person that does all the things and I'm the person that makes it happen for you. Mm. You have to recognize yourself as being a part of, of the bigger picture. <clears throat> I think sometimes society tells us that we need to unify so much that we all become programmed to do one thing and to be one thing. When really we need to be striving for oneness. Mm-hmm. So oneness is similar to unity. But oneness means I recognize you for your differences and your abilities and your skills. Mm-hmm. And we get to work on becoming one mm-hmm. but different. Instead of, just, instead of just um, conforming to one thing and making one thing out of different possibilities of people. Um, <clears throat> we need to do that. Mm. And really my heart for um, people and people whose voices are not being crushed comes from a scripture verse in Proverbs. Um, the, the verse is slipping my mind, but um, <clears throat> I know the, L- the NLT version says that um, 
in the specific verse that we ought to be the people who are speaking up for the voiceless and specifically those who are being crushed. Mm -hmm. Um, And it says that we need to um, seek justice for them, um, for people who cannot do it themselves. And sometimes we want to empower people to do it themselves, but in reality is we have to do it for people sometimes. Um, But that's not me just ignoring you as a person and walking in to seek justice. But it's me like bringing you side by mm. side to use your skills, your abilities, your networks to make change. Well, while understanding one's background and abilities too, because mm-hmm. we can do that and then use your own distinct abilities, I guess, background and heritage, then you form that one whole, that oneness that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I've never heard it described that way before. Because mm-hmm. you always hear people talk about unity, oh, working together, but it's never, I feel like it never goes in detail. Like, what does that really mean? What does that truly mm-hmm. mean? I think that is a really good way to, to sum it up there. Yeah. Um, but Matt, thank you for joining the Sammy Hour. Yeah. If people want to find out more about Navajo Nation, about human trafficking, where can they go and where can they visit? Yeah, so a lot of different resources out there for people. I'd say um, starting with here, like at Vanguard University, we have the Global Center for Women and Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so www.gcwj.org mm-hmm. um, you can find some resources there from our university specifically we're going to be doing campaigns for the Navajo Nation so start there mm-hmm. my Instagram at Navajo Matt um, I'm always sharing different things and keeping people mm-hmm. up to date about what's gotcha. going on with the Navajo Nation make sure to follow him uh, what's your Instagram handle at Navajo Matt N-A-V-A-J-O-M-A-D-T all right, folks, you heard it. Um, it's definitely something that I want to keep. Uh, really awesome episode, but I want, I really, in terms of education, I just, in the understanding, I think it, it, it you can't cover it all in one episode. Yeah. So you, um, I'm sure I'll provide a link to when I release the episode. I'll also be posting more of this on my story. Um, but either way, this is one of the more, I would say, deeper and more serious episodes. I like episodes like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but folks, I'm going to try to release one to two episodes a month. It's early November, so I have plenty of time to do another episode. Um, you know, stay healthy. Uh, Thanksgiving's coming up. Get all your priorities out of the way. Start jogging if you need to because you don't want to be uh, – you don't want to eat all that turkey on Thanksgiving and then you're going <laughs> to feel like, like a mess. Um, we've all been there. <laughs> but anyway, folks, I'll see you around. Um, Matt, thank you. And uh, yeah, rock on. Thank you.